0: Good evening, how's it going?
1: Uh, uh, uh. Avengers Spotlight!
2: And welcome to Back to the Bins slash Third Degree Burn. It is time for our semi-regular crossover to delve into all good things that are back issues and burn. And with me is my regular cohort. I Who's that? Dr. Paul Spataro, but that would be me. You don't have to excuse me, folks. I'm still recovering from COVID, so I may be a little out of it.
3: The COVID I'm kid. always,
2: but I'm always out of it, <laughs> so that's no excuse. So Paul Spataro, and with us also the gentleman from Third Degree, Ryan, Tim.
3: Yeah, it's okay. hey
2: Tim. Oh,
0: sorry. Like Tim's never heard that joke. He's such an enchanter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm
3: thirsty. thirsty.
0: Doesn't have huge pointy teeth.
3: Something Look at the bones, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and today. Uh, As you'll hear in our show, and then later in their show, we are covering the uh, crossover annuals from 1985. Uh, We will be covering on our side the Avengers annual number 14, and on their side will be Fantastic Four number 19, which came out, which tell... Although, it's a little misleading with some of the things you read. Oh, it's the same story. No, it's two different stories that intersect towards the end. They're not the same story. They,
3: they do intersect, different. and I think you're going to hear more. Thank you, Doug. You're going to hear more of a, uh, a more more comparison on that when we get to the second one, when we start retracing the same ground. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, I mean, I guess I'll wait until we get into the story to start giving some commentary on the writing. <laughs> yep. So, how you guys been?
0: Oh, I'm good. I just now, about an hour and a half ago, uh, finished my last bit of work, and I don't go back until the 4th of January. Oh. Mm. Nice. Well, I mean, it was kind of like you have to take all this uh, vacation time, or you're going to lose
3: it. Yeah. Yeah. Use it or lose it.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, we have I. Company. Just didn't have an opportunity all year long. It's not like we can go anywhere.
3: We have restrictions on how much we can carry over and it's all automated. So every once in a Mm -hmm. while, I like to keep some time in the bank, but every Mm -hmm. once in a while, I get a message saying, you know, you're nearing your capacity. If you don't take time soon, it's like that's a great problem to have, though. Yeah,
0: Yeah. they're they're actually carrying over like 56 (laughs) hours that I have and then the rest of the time that I didn't take. From before we got bought out by a Cigna, they're going to cut me a check. Mm -hmm. So but anything beyond that, uh, you know, from the Cigna time itself, if I didn't take it, I was going to lose it. So, I mean, I just don't take that much time each year because there's nowhere to go. Nothing to do right now.
2: So you're saying you have nowhere else to go.
0: I got nowhere else to go.
3: I got nowhere else to go. I
0: got nothing else. <laughs> I walked into that
1: one. <laughs> well, a lot of times, it was less, at least, least with Freeman, because we're so basic, when well, we're not busy now, but when you know the world's normal, we're super busy. Uh, and you can't know how time to take time off, so then people let it build up, and then suddenly uh, December comes along and everybody's taking off. I'm taking off two weeks because i got to burn this time. And that's yeah, where we're building up to the big, the big events that are coming out in March. So, yeah, yeah,
2: and then everybody's like,
1: whoa,
3: whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: Yeah.
3: Holy crap. <clears throat> well, we're going to be moving, so I'm trying to, like, set my time for just the right moment use it, because once we move, I'm going to need time to get settled oh. into the new uh, base of operations.
1: Mm. Oh. Well, on. I've been... I move to the, You're not moving to the city, are you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> What a silly, silly man. Uh, no, I, I would never move to the city. Uh, we're, we're moving actually just 15 minutes from where I am now.
2: No, he would rather just, if I come and visit, take me to the city and drive me like a dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Head out the window
1: was all that.
0: <laughs> you can make it, Dr. Bill. Come on. Now, Paul, it's only get another it, six blocks. Paul, you gonna uh, get in a new man cave.
3: Uh, there, there will be, there will be cave action. See, the, the thing is, I will have a man cave, but when I got, I don't like to go too much into this, but when I got divorced years ago, my entire house became a man cave. <laughs> <laughs> so now I will have to limit it to certain parts of the house.
1: I have to have some kind of a furnished area for when Scott and Bill come over. They got to have some place to stay.
3: Yeah, that <laughs> is true. There's that
2: mattress in that empty room back there. And shut up, you'll like it. Just get
1: in a crawl space, Bill. You'll be okay.
3: Well, the, the, the first the first time they came, I found people places for them. The stairs. And then then they said, "Okay, not only are we coming, but we're bringing our sons too." <laughs> <laughs> so we managed. Yeah. I had uh, two weeks off,
2: Uh, not that I wanted to be off. I actually tried to go to work yesterday, and that failed miserably. So I said, you know what, I still have more of this COVID leave. I am going to take it because I'm still tired. So So we should
3: probably start talking about these books, or or you're not going to make it. We'll have sleepy Bill by the time we get to the
2: end. No, I'm not sleepy now. I slept all day. (sighs) I had to run out. Get some books. Get some Popeyes chicken. Mm. Mm, Popeyes. Love it. <laughs> <cheese, Popeyes. laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to jump into the synopsis for the book. Synopsis
3: away, Doctor.
2: Avengers Annual Volume One, Number 14, published November 1985. Released July 30th, 1985. Now a little quick side note. This takes place roughly about the same time frame as uh, um, Secret Wars two, because the other previous two Avengers books prior to this in print was uh, two fifty nine and two sixty, and they had been on a uh, uh, track of Nebula, which who at the time had uh, her uncle Thanos's ship, or grandfather Queen. Thanos. No, I don't. No, I don't think he, she was a grandfather
3: in this, was she? I
1: think they call it. She, I think that's what Starfox says, right?
3: She claimed oh, he was hey, her grandfather. Claimed. He, he denied saying. it. Yeah. And I don't know that they ever did any kind of DNA testing. So
2: this is kind of where this picks up. So, our it was um, written by Roger Stern. Penciler was John Byrne. Inker is Kyle Baker. Uh, which I'm sure we'll discuss the um, um, art at that point when we get to it. Colorist is Christy Schiell. Schlamazo. Letterer John Workman, he works like a man instead of a horse. And editor is Mark Grunwald, and the synopsis goes like this. Oh, and the name of the story is fifth column. <clears throat> In a, in search of nebula, I'm gonna go kill my children. They don't shut up. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that on tape? <clears throat> in search of nebula, the Avengers and the Skrulls visit the planet Kral, on which Skrulls have taken form, taken the form of 1930s American gangsters, where they encounter Prince Tazan, the late Skrull Emperor's brother, until recently in imprisoned exile. He has been freed for his knowledge of those who now menace the Skrulls, his one time fellow rebels, Zybrak and Myrn, who intend to unleash a powerful secret weapon, the Hyperwave Bomb. It's going to go off like a rave. Oomsh,
0: oomsh, oomsh,
2: oomsh. The Avengers ultimately join forces with the Fantastic Four, also on crawl, on a separate mission. But neither group can prevent Zy. Zabiak from firing the dreaded weapon to everyone's surprise however the bomb affects only scrolls robbing them all of their shape-changing powers and woe be it unto the guy that was the piece of art in someone's house i can't remember which issue that's in but i was kind (laughs) of like oh man that really sucks so that is it for the synopsis very bare bones Let's talk about the book. The cover, um, which we're going to see kind of the opposite view. Uh, we have the Avengers fighting scrolls, And in the way in the background uh, is the Fantastic Four breaking through a hole in the wall. And we can see that they're on some type of ship. And that's basically it for the cover. you got Star Fox flying overhead, Captain America coming in frame, Captain Marvel zipping in, Black Knight. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. And that's about
3: it. So the, the cover is by, and I, I lost Gammel. it right. Carry Gamble. Or, or yeah, Carry Gamble, and it's inked by... Baker. Yep. Tom Baker. Uh now, oh, Ky- Gamble, Kyle yeah. Baker. But this is... Can if, you guys if you,
2: refresh me? Isn't... What does...
0: Doesn't Carry
3: K-
2: Gamble have some relationship to John Byrne?
3: Kieran Gillen. Harry uh, Gavel
0: was was the John Byrne you got when you didn't get John Byrne. John Byrne. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. but and if he you was if you got it followed him on and Superman. If you done. showed me this cover
3: and asked me, who do I think drew it? Looking at Star Fox, looking at Captain America, I think I would have said Alan Weiss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is an in, definitely an interesting perspective because you have the Fantastic Four in the background breaking in through a hole in the ship. But they're very small, but they're the only, well, except for Hercules, they're the only heroes that are really facing the viewer. Captain America, Star Fox, and Black Knight are all <laughs> heading away from the viewer. Uh, the Wasp, actually, the Wasp is also heading away, and uh, Captain Marvel is kind of going parallel to the view. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely going against, like, the cover rules that you would you know, the the unofficial rules of covers. Uh, right. And it's not it's not bad. It's kind of like, you know, you, it, it tells you you're going to get a lot of action in the book. Uh, I don't know if it would have enticed me to buy it if I wasn't buying the Avengers otherwise.
2: What do you, you know guys think? You, you know why you would buy it? And if you were a smart comic book owner, uh, shop owner or newsstand, if you put them both side by side. Mm-hmm. That would be the selling point. you are like, oh, look, these two annuals are linked. And they would have been on sale. Would you, in- would you make
3: that connection immediately, just seeing it in the stacks in the uh, store?
2: I might, if depending, because when you look at, uh, although when you look at the picture coming from the other direction, it's not drawn the same.
0: No, and, and it's weird because Kerry Gamble did it. He did both
1: of them, yeah.
0: And, and Captain America, his arms are backwards, and Captain Marvel's coming the wrong way, and... Well, yeah. If you look
1: at, not, not, not to jump ahead to the FF, but if you look at Cap's pose, it kind of mimics She-Hulk's pose in the other. You get the kind of reversed angle. These are kind of mirror. Cap yeah. is kind yeah. of
2: in the right position, except his shield is on the wrong arm. Yep. Um, like, the She-Hulk, everybody looks to be, like, all the FF looks to be in the same position. Hercules looks no, the same.
0: Sue's on the wrong side. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 you're right.
3: Hercules is basically the same pose.
2: Hercules, yeah, he's just picking somebody. But in he's
0: it. facing the camera in both shots. Well, you know. And that's yeah. See, you know, that's, that's yeah.
3: one of the keys to being famous, is always knowing where the camera is. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so, so, one of them is like a second later than the other. That's all you uh, you have to say. Right. See.
1: Yeah, does it doesn't have to that's be a you know, shot. They oh yeah, the,
0: the, wasp
2: was, the Wasp was in there too, yeah. I forgot, because she's up there above Cap shield.
1: Yeah, and the way you have got her drawn, they've got that looks like uh, she's in kind of a band of yellow that I thought is, I guess, is the light, but it looks almost like that's her kind of her swoop, but it's not.
0: I no, that's part, the room. That's part of the room. room. But it looks yeah. like
1: her kind of swooping in when they
3: draw. No, yeah. her her uh, her streak is going straight from behind her. I yeah. think she's blasting. That's uh, her blasting. That I think she's
1: blasting a scroll. Oh, okay. It at the bottom.
3: Yeah. So, it's what there's direction there's is she really... facing? She's actually facing towards us. That looks sweet, yeah. but then her wings look like they might be set back. Yeah. Oh no, okay. I, now I can kind of make it out. It's very—I mean, it's she's tiny on there, it's like wasp-sized. Uh, <laughs> yep. So it was a little well, difficult for me to tell which direction she was facing. But yeah, now can, that you say it.
1: Yeah, to answer Paul's question, I think if you're following the FF, you might pick it up because it says the bottom guest starring in Fantastic Four, so you might. If you were not reading the Avengers but reading the FF, you might pick it up for that reason.
3: But if you were, uh, just, if you were, if you were a comic book fan in general, you were familiar with the Avengers and the Fantastic Four, but not a an every book reader. Can you speculate as to whether or not you would pick up, pick this one up? We'll talk about FF when we get to that. Yeah. I
0: love the scrolls, so if I saw that cover, I, I'd be all over it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not a particularly dynamic cover. I mean, it's a serviceable cover, but it's not – it doesn't scream, hey, this is great, pick me up.
3: Yeah, well, so I, I kind of agree with you, and I'm thinking the consensus is the cover in and of itself wouldn't make you want to buy it. Just – but from the cover, seeing, you know, a, a preview of what you're going to get inside might make make you want to buy it.
2: Well, at, at, at this time – and outside of the cree scroll war the avengers is not really known for interacting with the scrolls that much i mean yeah later on you're going to get secret invasion and 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 all that but at this time they're not really a scroll a known scroll foe. Usually the scrolls stay with the Fantastic Four.
3: You did have the Cree skrull War, though, which they even no, referenced. But that's it. Mm-hmm. But that
2: was, but you were talking, this is, this is now 1985. The Cree skrull War was, what, back in the 70s? It's been like, like 10 69, years.
3: 70, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so they really haven't been in an Avengers book. Right. So
0: well, I
1: don't know what, and I, don't, I couldn't find a lot. Of, Brian, maybe you could. I couldn't find a thing on Burns on Burn
0: Robotics. No, not not Uh, for either issue.
1: As to why, uh, which came first, was Burn, you know? Did they just get together and, and, you know, general session and kind of had a said, "Hey, let's put two books together," because it's Stern Stern is writing this one and Burn is writing the other one. It's it's like, you know, I I I'd like to know how they decided to interact these two, and you know, did one come first and then say, "Oh, let's we're doing I'm doing this Burn story, let's bring in." or burns their history, let's bring in the Avengers and let it kind of dovetail at the end. I don't know, I mean, I thought... Well, I got to
3: think the two of them decided this on their own because I think they both had enough clout at this point in their careers that this would not have been a, uh, you know, a management decision. Yeah, I
0: agree. Well, Shooter was so busy with Secret Wars 2.
3: Right, because uh, this
2: that, going on during that.
3: Yeah. That he probably, you know, let a lot of this pass. And Byrne, you know, I mean, we had covered years ago, and I know you guys just recently covered the uh, assistant editor's month of an alpha flight where he did all the white pages and all of that. And as much as I want to, like, really just say, oh, how lazy that is, blah, 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 I think Byrne got a big kick out of just doing things different. You know, this, this is experimental. I want to do this. So I think if him and, and Roger Stern sat down and said, hey, I have an idea. Why don't we do a crossover on our books where, you know, we're going to have the first half we each write individually, but the second half is going to basically be a mirror in the two books. That I, I, think he would, I think he would love question. something like that.
0: But that brings up an interesting question. Um, if you look in the credits, it has Roger Stern as the writer and Byrne as the breakdown artist. On the uh, the Fantastic Four book, it has Byrne as the writer, and Stern isn't mentioned in the credits anywhere. But with the way that the last part of the story goes, that had to have been a collaboration.
3: Oh, absolutely. And
0: why wasn't it credited that way?
3: I, I, would, I can only imagine that it was an agreement between the two of them that that's how they were going to do it.
0: Yeah, that's probably, yeah, you're probably right. I could
3: and and that might be also how they slipped it by Jim Shooter's notice. You know, hmm. but if they had, if they had given if they had given Stern a writing credit for the uh, Fantastic Four book, first of all, they probably would have had to pay him more. Yep. Yeah. And then Shooter might have looked at it and said, No, 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 we're not doing this. Hmm.
0: Interesting.
1: I didn't I didn't look at the other annuals, but what in eighty five were they doing any Whoa. of the gimmicks with the rest? They weren't doing obviously a um, a, a company wide like Atlanta's attacks Whoa. or something like that that they would cover through all the annuals, but I d I I didn't go to I didn't bother to look and see like what with the X men or the, or I'll take a look. the books. That were doing. Yeah, I don't
3: I don't have any recollection of them doing anything like that. This is we're kind of at the point here where uh where I was starting to get out of comics for a while. I had my, whatever it is, six, seven-year hiatus, uh, where I thought I was too old and sophisticated to read comics anymore. I had to grow up. <laughs> well, you see where that got me. By
1: <laughs> the time you think you're out, they pull you back in.
3: Yeah. But uh, this, this was, like, right on the cusp of that. So I really, I don't actually ever remember reading these two stories until... I sat down to read them for today. I read the the Avengers issues building up to this at some point. I don't even remember when. But uh, as far as the uh, the annuals, I just you know, this is the first time I've had an opportunity to read those.
1: I I, I was collecting both at the time and I saw Noah read both of these, but the only thing I that stuck with me was uh, uh, Zybik or however you're pronouncing his name. Zabik,
2: uh, uh, whatever. His yeah, name is. him, mm.
1: him. The scene of him
2: uh, doing like the man uh, in the Iron Mask. Right.
1: Well, no, it's the the bad guy. You know, he's but he's you know the bomb. You know, he sets the bomb off and it kind of oh that gets, oh that he guy gets double crossed. You know, so that he's stuck in that armor.
2: Oh, he's oh yeah that, that is. That kind scene of... of
1: him kind of he looks like soup inside his armor. And that's the only thing it's stuck me that I knew that I remembered. I don't remember the. The 1930s um, Planet Scrolls or any of
3: that. Now, do you remember those characters from when they were in the Fantastic Four? Or not the specific characters, but just the 1930s Scroll Planet. I remember that, yeah. It was in I the don't... I think 94, the 93 and 94, 94, 95, something like that. Yeah, for a uh, longest time. That Fantastic
2: was like the Four. first the the oldest issue I had of the Fantastic Four for a long time. Uh, they uh, they kidnapped the thing didn't they and they took him to yep and like then he was planet it was that and he, then he was was he on a robot world like well, fighting
3: robots no one of one of the uh one of the other people who was being uh forced to to was, into yeah. combat was the robot mm. uh you know from the robot planet and then they eventually revisited it, it on uh, in the defenders but uh really it, it it it's combat. very reminiscent of uh What's you call a piece of the action and That's bread and circuses? First thought,
1: yeah, first thing I thought. Well, apparently there's, from looking at it, there's a net system. There's there's like ten planets and there's like a gangster planet. There's a like a 60s planet. There's a like a medieval planet. There's a, like a, planet, there's a whole series of planets <laughs> where the, the squirrels have adopted some form it's, of. It's human like
3: almost. You, like you would you'd beat me to Dallas it, Bill. Operation. That's exactly <laughs> what that I was just solar gonna solar say. System. They don't have a Westworld, though. No.
2: I'm still looking through 1985. I'm up to March. I haven't seen an annual, but I'm looking at the small. Yeah, there,
0: there wasn't even a Captain America annual, as I can see that. Year. Yeah.
2: yeah. It was weird. Well,
0: what
1: do you guys think of the. Um, since Byrne did the breakdowns on this and Kyle Baker? Breakdown! Uh, oh,
2: sorry. Sorry. Couldn't uh, pass up a music cue.
1: And I don't know if it was—I don't know how loose the breakdowns were. In some cases, it looked they might have be been pretty loose. Uh, what do you guys think of the art?
3: I—I think there's a lot of points where I would never have pegged it as Burn, which is strange because Burn is one of the easiest artists to uh, to spot. yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Sometimes I mean, it jumps
2: out; other times it doesn't. It doesn't.
3: Well, you, if you if you go like you know, as you start paging through it, you get the. Uh, I, I think the splash page, you know, you can you can see some burn in it, but it doesn't jump out at you as being burned. Uh, I think the first part where it really jumps out at me is when I look at a uh, Captain Marvel on page four.
0: Yeah, I can see that or Hercules Burns Hercules was always just so huge and massive compared to the way a lot of a lot of the other artists drew him.
3: And then you 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 just keep turning from there. The Captain America on page five looks very obviously like Byrne, Mm -hmm. and so does the Wasp. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but
1: I think his faces are are very Byrne. The way he always pronounced the ridges on the chin and stuff. But
2: But for some uh, for some reason, he's just not the Star Fox. Almost in no picture of Star Fox does he look like he's drawn by John Byrne to me. Yeah, he seems
0: cool. to make big shadows over his eyes in, in every yeah. shot, it seems.
3: Well, a lot of this, I think, is inked. Uh, I don't want to say like it's heavy handed because I don't think it is. But I, I think this, it's a lot more moody than what you get from Byrne. Burn is much cleaner, usually.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, yeah, that's the telltale sign there, I think.
3: Yeah,
0: I'd seen a lot of Kyle Baker's inks on Jackson Gleis and the New Mutants, and it all looked like this as well. Uh, And I got to say, I really enjoy it. Um, I like Kyle Baker's art when he was doing like the Shadow series and such. Very – kind of like a a mix between Dennis Cowan and Bill Sienkiewicz, which isn't really a lot of mix, but kind of cool.
3: Well, we do get get a Bill Sienkiewicz looking – I'm looking for now where it is, but there was a – Oh, uh, page 36. Uh, that looks very Bill because it's all the, uh, you know, the reverse images, the negative images.
2: Oh, when they've been transformed or exactly. after they've been hit with the bomb?
3: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that's oh, a, a very, the- very Bill page as far as I'm concerned.
1: A lot of the, uh, the faces of the gangsters, like especially the one that's looking trying to look like bogey. Byrne would not do that. Byrne would, you know, one, we, we said he doesn't like to try to draw likenesses of actual people. And this looks more, not photo reference, but it looks like that type of comic art that is really trying to make it look like the person it is. And a lot of times Byrne would draw almost, not a caricature, but a just more like a uh, simulation of the person. And I think that's where I'm seeing it more in Bogey and some of the other uh some of the other gangsters that are um, populating this.
3: So do you think maybe Byrne drew him more as just a generic gangster and that in the inking it became bogey? I don't
1: know. I don't know. No. It to do. I mean, some
0: of the, I don't know. No, because uh, he's dressed like – That's very Casablanca. Yeah, he's dressed
2: like – Oh, that. absolutely.
3: It, but there's, there's no question that it's, that it's meant to be bogey. That I'm not yeah. I'm not uh, saying. But, but could it be that he wasn't meant to be bogey until we got to the inking and then – you know, he, he would have applied a very heavy hand to it to make it look like bogey. Could it have just think so. been a I think, generic I think that bangs, was intentional bangs.
0: Bangs. Outright. I
1: don't know. I've never seen, if he, Brian, I've never seen like burn, like when he does like loose breakdowns and someone yeah. else comes along and finishes. I've never seen the actual pencil pages to kind of see what he's doing.
0: Well, the, yeah. the page where you get the three panels of bogey there. The, they all have a photo reference look to them.
3: Oh, absolutely. It,
0: and and that's what I see. And if he's going to do photo referencing, that means he's looking at, at someone in particular. In this case, it is it is bogey. Yeah. So but, I, I have no doubt that that's what his intention was from the but beginning. But even
1: when Burn like when he covered the the Dr. McCoy books that he did, when he's drawing DeForest Kelly, it looks like DeForest Kelly, but it doesn't look like a photo reference of DeForest Kelly. So he,
0: no, he... He created his own model for divorce, Kelly, that he could use. Yeah, a, a better shorthand than just trying to photoreference him all the time because you know you're tracing through a light box and that takes a lot more time than this.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Sometimes that'll
1: take me out of the book if I. This doesn't so much here, but when you see an obvious.
3: Well, this this shouldn't take you out of the book, I think, because you got to think that the this actual character, this scroll, is trying to look like Bogey because that's right. how they. This planet came to be from, didn't if I remember right, this squirrel planet came to be based upon old Earth movies. I
1: think they, they captured a gangster, and they kind of emulated, uh, it was like Machine Gun Mickey or something like that. It was some, I uh, think they, they captured some Earth guy from the 30s, I guess, and they really became uh, enamored with the 30s lifestyle, so they just started to, it's a lot like a piece of the action, they kind of just imitate
3: it. Machine Gun Mickey. Well, oh, if, hey, if that's everybody. the case though, if that's <laughs> actually the case, then there then there's no way that you, that they would even know to make it look like bogey. In which case, that's kind of then it should take you out of the story.
1: Yeah. Well, I think they they also were were stealing stuff. They would they would capture stuff from Earth to get to to they, or they were capturing old movies or something. I mean, I um I think it just sometimes to me it just kind of it flows and it, and it kind of puts the brakes on just for it's like tapping the brakes it just pauses it for a minute because i'm looking at and especially the one where he's it's a real close-up of his face and he says yeah i heard of some nebula pretty tough cookie uh and he's blowing smoke
0: Uh, you know kind of makes sense i mean that the you know you know that beam that gives the super scrollless power this has got to be the carrier the, the undercarrier subcarrier that carries back all the earth uh TV and everything back to the well, scroll.
1: They probably got a, some kind of set, uh, telescope that they can spy on us, you know. Yeah. You know, um,
2: no, they've order. got direct. They've got direct TV. <laughs> yeah. So
3: now, if, if if I was working on this book, if I had the talent to be working on it, and they mm-hmm. gave it to me, I I think I would really have to make one of the scrolls look like Vic Tayback. <laughs> you know, the
2: Oxnix? Yes. No, that was a Vic Tabak. No, was that the which, other guy which was a Bella? Vic Tayback, Bella. It, was it was Bella and Craco. not Sticks, right? Krakow. yeah. Craco. yeah. That
3: was,
0: that was Vic Tabak.
3: Krakow.
1: He'd be more recognizable. Well, you'd think they would. They didn't grab any other, uh, like, where's Edgar uh, G. Robinson or... Uh, yeah, see? Or... Uh,
3: <clears throat> James Cagney, maybe?
1: Dick Cagney, I couldn't think of his name, right. You know, a more classical, identifiable, but, you know... And even Bogie's not really a gangster. You know, not really. He's, he's, he's played he's gangsters, played though. Uh, he yeah. has, but Rick, he's, you know, he's, playing, he's not. But,
2: um. So, so far i found two annuals, and it doesn't look like there was any plots. Uh, I got web of annual. Web of Spider-Man, annual number one came out, and West Coast Avengers number one came out. So it doesn't look like there was any other things. Like I think every annual so far, I'm up to j- j- July now. Just went into July. Was it seems like they were doing their own thing this this year. There was no country countrywide. Uh, yeah. You thank you. Thank you. Yes, words elude me. They are a a, a whisperous beast.
3: Well it's like Steve Martin said. <laughs> some people have a way with words and others oh Don't. not have a way, I guess. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, ga- I got to say it. I'm
3: not I'm not pleased with and I think it's the inking that let me down. I'm not pleased with the way Thor looks in this book.
2: Well, I think he's supposed to look. Wait a minute, isn't this one that the Skrull takes on? Yeah, he's supposed to look a little hokey. I think, because he's a Skrull. That's I think that would tip off. Uh,
3: I think his face looks terrible. He looks dopey.
2: <laughs> well,
3: exactly.
2: He does. <laughs> he does. He's like, ah, I'm Thor. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Pow! Right in the kissing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I have a
3: gift for thee. I don't care. You know, he's, he's, he shouldn't look dopey when he's in the Thor persona.
0: What I want to know is where they found a turtleneck big enough to fit Hercules. Where, where he and Cap and, and Star Fox were all dressed up
3: like gangsters. Star Fox looks all a little strange in that.
2: Unstable Unstable molecules.
1: In it black and white, scroll. Star Fox it, would look like Namor to me there.
2: Yes. And
1: it's an actual scroll. It's not a. It's not a uh,
2: As I was saying, pullover. he's wearing a scroll. He's,
1: he's...
2: <laughs> Sounds, this pullover is tight. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: the guy's. The, it's, it's going,
0: ow! Ow! Stop it! Ow! You
3: asshole! Oh. So, I, I, I guess, you know, maybe it's a byproduct of the gimmick of this issue. But the story just kind of feels like, it doesn't feel like it has a beginning, middle, and end. But it also doesn't feel like it's an essential part to a, an ongoing storyline either. So it, it to me, it, it kind of almost has a, it, it almost feels like if you watch one day of a soap opera.
0: Yeah, you're picking up in the middle of a story somewhere.
3: Mm. But it's not, yeah. like I said, not necessarily a complete chapter in a story, just kind of an ongoing. It's almost like, you know, let's just see what a day in the life is for them. That It almost has that feel about it.
1: Well, doesn't it feel like it should be, this should be like a three issue or a four issue kind of a longer arc that's kind of built up? I agree. You like kind, of, kind of dropped in. It's like, oh, you know, they give you a little, little lip service to, well, this is what we were doing, but now we're going to do this. With the Nebula storyline, and then, and it's more an FF. We'll get to that later, but uh, it does seem like this is just okay. This happened. Now it's over. Especially with the, the the two issues kind of button up at the end, and they and it's like okay, it, it really is a standalone. Right.
2: Yeah, there's like there's like lip service, like yeah, yeah. Here's Fire Lord. He's uh, he's in a jar for right now. He'll be fine. Uh, in the jaw and, by the and, door.
3: Yeah, this is what's going on here. Well, now let's solve this problem. The one thing about it that I do kind of feel like it ties into other things, and it just, to me, it feels a little bit more because it's, it's probably the best characterization moment in there, is just the desperation that Star Fox seems to have to resolve it because he feels like he screwed up with a Nebula. Mm hmm. Like I, I like I like that aspect of the story.
1: Well, they also they also, they introduce most of the main scrolls are introduced I think in this issue. I know the the, the main guy uh, Zyback is this is I think mean, his first and only appearance. Uh, so I thought he's you know he's yeah you know, he's not that much of a villain, but with what I know after this I mean it, the only thing that comes out of this is that there is a kind of a big. Event is that the scrolls lose their shape-changing power, but I know they get it back later in the uh, I think the Silver Surfer, uh, uh, Steve Steve Englehart, uh, Ron Lim version of that. I think somehow they yeah. get it back. so it didn't, I don't know how long it I don't know what the time span between this is. So I don't know how long it's stuck. But at least that's a big kind of a, a big consequence of this. Um, but most of the scrolls that are in it, you know, are. You know, if, if if you wanted to do something else with this Zayback guy, that you know he's stuck, you know he's stuck in this armor, and I don't know, and uh, if he's ever gonna be able to get it back, you know, bring him back, do something with him. I mm-hmm. don't you know. Um, and I and the, the other question is, well, that's when we covered the FF. I've got a question about that. But I've, you know, <clears throat> you feel a little sympathy for him, especially towards the end, because he's just like he's so kind of cutthroat. To where he's killing everybody that you know he kills his buddy that crates the weapon, and then he kills his little uh, this uh, the guy that helps him, and then when he finds out that he screwed up, you really get a nice that's a nice shot of his face where he's looking up and said, you know I had to change to infuse in this thing, and now I'm like a pool of, of mm-hmm. scroll soup inside this armor, and I can't get out.
3: I always find it amusing when they draw sc- scrolls with little Tony Stark mustaches. <laughs> And and in that that shot that you just mentioned of him, you know, yeah. desperate, just it jumps out at me. I yes. I like the effect of the uh, man in the iron mask, uh, the the look, the way the mask conforms to his face. You know, it's kind of a Doctor Doom mask, but it's got the uh, chin ridges on it. It even has the you know the uh, widow's peak for the helmet. Uh, I I I. I you know, somebody somebody actually sat and forged to this thing. Um.
1: Well, I, I thought it was odd too that apparently, because he was he's considered like a deviant or something because he was born with more of a human face or a Cree looking face than a scroll face. So he's, you know, they treat it like his face is hideous. But this is yeah. a race that can change into anything. So why would they? One, he could change his face to look like a scroll if he wanted to. And why would they be so horrified? If it was more like, oh, he looks more like a Kree, which is their, you know, their sworn enemy, I could understand that. But it's just more about, oh, it's like you're too human. I can't, I can't, I can't tolerate your face.
3: It is weird when you consider the fact that they can just change, you know, at this point they can just change their look yeah. anyway at will. So what's the difference what his natural look is?
2: Well, it does do a scroll.
3: It's almost like that uh, the episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah,
0: yeah. People always got to find a reason to hold you down. (laughs) You know, one thing I did like uh, that I did like in this one, uh, you know, from the cover on in, was the fact that the scrolls weren't all played like they had been in previous books. Because in previous books, they were all these huge, muscle bound, hulking. Figures not too different from the super scroll mm-hmm. but these guys are you know a lot smaller i mean they still show you show them to be muscular or fit but they're you know they're they're more almost elfish or like they were you know uh, originally i mean they don't look like the, the the kirby scrolls looked way back when but they definitely look more uh individualistic than uh, they've been
3: drawn in previous years i think that's one of the one of the Like just a burn thing, and it's something I appreciate. Is Mm -hmm. that he didn't always draw everyone as being muscle bound. Uh, He would often draw Reed, you know, as almost looking a little underweight. Right. Uh, And and he drew the Skrulls smaller, more similar to the way Kirby had drawn them. Uh, So yeah, I like that. I I think especially the Skrulls because their whole thing is that their their thing is subterfuge. They're they're not into Conquering based on might, they 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 want to upset the balance of, of the planet, and you know, basically the secret invasion paradigm. Mm-hmm. So they don't all have to be super scrolls. It's good to have the super scroll for story purposes, but they shouldn't be a race of super scrolls. True. Well,
1: the scrolls have always been been uh, portrayed similar to klingons as it's a monoculture it's like you think about in star trek all klingons are warriors but there's got to be a klingon tailor, there's got to be a klingon green grocer there's got to be a klingon you know hairdresser they've got to do these other parts to fit you know to fill these roles in society and the scrolls always been or maybe that's just what we, we've we always seen are the warrior scrolls we're not saying the 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 you know
3: of their, their cast, yeah. or exactly. or could you could you surmise maybe that the Klingons uh, subjugated a different race to do all those menial things?
1: That makes sense that the Klingons would do that, or maybe possibly the Skrulls would have some kind of a, like you said, some kind of caste system, so they have some kind of. Um,
3: well, let's you know, that's I mean, weird. if we, to keep the Star Trek anal- uh, analogy going, uh, you know, eventually they worked it out with the Romulans you had the Romulans and the Remans, and the Remans were considered to be a lesser mm-hmm. class or race, and they were the ones who would do the menial labor.
1: Maybe mm-hmm. the, uh, in the Klingon society, maybe all the Klingons that looked like uh, the TOS Klingons, maybe those are the guys that do all the grunt work,
0: cleaning like, all
2: the toilets, women. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well we why were the they middle. serving in the military? <laughs>
1: Oh,
0: that's before the, Yeah, uh, uh, we don't talk about it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I I still think that was the best explanation for the difference in look that they've ever had. Yes. Just say that and move on.
2: Eh, Enterprise is okay. I had no problem.
3: With, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. it. I just, but I still think it was the best way to do it. I think oh, I don't, yeah, think, they need, then, I don't yeah. think they needed to to explain beyond <laughs> that. Let it know. You know, we acknowledge that there's a difference, and and that's it.
1: Speaking of Star Trek, this is a tangent, and I don't want to spell anything. But is anybody is anybody watching Discovery? I know you are, Brian. Yeah. Uh, this past week's uh, this past week's episode? You mean today's episode? Like I guess the, the season finale. Oh no! I watched. Uh, I, have not
2: watched today's. I didn't know there's what came a, there's out. There's a today. big reveal. I'm not going to say
1: any more than that, but there's a well, big reveal. Well, but last week
2: was kind of a big reveal, wasn't it? That the part, first part, Do, of I, I don't think Paul's seen it. I, <laughs> I,
3: know, I haven't. I'm I'm way behind on this season.
2: Well, I, I, I mean, have this habit of are, falling
3: behind and then watching it are, in a binge.
2: Are we talking about the guy sitting in the chair next to the door? Is that what we're talking about? Yes. And what that person represents. Right. And if then when that person holds up a newspaper, it's the same newspaper Mm -hmm. held up Mm -hmm. in another episode Mm -hmm. of the original series. Is that what we're talking about? I don't. Is that the guardian of forever in the room? Oops, spoiler. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Now you've ruined
2: it. Oh, you won't be ruined the best thing that happened. Supposedly that's the Guardian of Forever and he's holding up the Star Dispatch, which is the same newspaper that showed Edith Keeler's death. But I he's thought it was the part. one
0: that showed Doc Brown got a re- committed. <laughs> it might be that one, too.
2: <laughs> but I don't know, is that who uh, Lieutenant that's, Brass from CSI is supposed to be? The old man sitting in the snow? Uh,
1: so, that's a, that's the rumor.
2: Yeah.
1: I, don't want, I don't want to confirm or deny uh, what, what's going on.
2: I'll have to watch it later, because I watched last week's episode, and it didn't even hit me then. I was happened to be looking and reading something else and went, oh, wait a minute. That's okay. All right. I see that now.
1: Well, actually, like Paul, I'm I'm actually about four episodes behind, but I kind of watch, because I'm not, I don't really like Discovery. I'm not really committed to it, but I watch it.
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, so I kind of
1: watch reviews to kind of see what's happening, and there's plenty of YouTube hate for discovery out there, but uh, yeah. I'll kind of watch somebody, you know, review it. So I kind of know what's, I know what's gone what's going on this episode, this season, but I haven't I actually said down and watched the last four episodes.
2: Well, I was saying, cause I sent a message to Andy and I, I might've sent it to the group as a whole. I said like, well, this week, cause it, it hadn't hit me who the guy was supposed to be. I was like, well, here we go with the backdoor pilot for the Georgiou show. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
3: And yeah, you because, did send that to the group.
2: But but I didn't say who the guy was. You didn't say why. Yeah, so whoops, sorry Paul. That's okay. I can live. But it's I'll like get, the, I'll get there. I don't want to say it's the low budget version of the Guardian of Forever, but it's very low key. I mean, I didn't even it's put it together. It's hard to get much the,
3: lower budget than the original it, series. He's,
2: he's in it. No, this is they're in the they're on a plane of snow. There's a door. There's a chair. There's the actor that played Captain Brass from CSI, and he's doing he's cracking bad jokes like when is a what when when is a door when Got is a, a, door a or something like it, that when is a door cute when it's adorable, so, you know and he's saying he's talking and you know
1: it feels more like you run into Q which uh, yes I think, honestly, Q, Q or Mister Mixel like yeah
2: yeah because exactly. uh, that did not hit me as the Guardian Forever. I'm surprised he didn't say when is
0: a door not a door?
2: When it's, a, it's jar.
0: a jar. When's a car not a car? Wow, I don't know. When it turns into a driveway. <laughs> okay, but dad jokes are done. All I'm right. sorry. Okay. All right, I'm I, back. I have
2: to watch. <laughs> I have to watch. Uh, have to watch I, I forgot it comes out on Thursday. Uh, I'll, I'll watch it later. Yeah,
1: we watch them. On- I can watch it the same day and CBS all accents, but it's funny. I ask, I was when did you watch Lower Dexville?
2: No, I've watched any of that.
1: I was texting. I uh, you watch the Amateur Brian? Yes. Yeah, I think you. I think you and John like it. I I I, mean,
0: I I had a problem with it at first, but after you know getting into it, my wife stopped watching it. But after getting into it, I kind of it's it's like the the the. Theme of the show kind of won me over, hmm. and so well, that I just bought into it, and then after that, I, I really enjoyed it. I, watched
3: I had a similar experience as as I went on, I enjoyed it more. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I watched the first, and I watched all of it because it's like I want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't, wanna, I don't be one of these fans that doesn't watch it and then condemns it. It's like, no, I'll watch it and tell you whether I like it or not.
3: I actually thought and the last episode was particularly good. Mm-hmm.
1: I thought there were moments in it, but I, I remember texting i think i messaged andy I said, hey you watching this andy he goes i'll get the first one a shot and then he watched it so what do you think he kind of basically said oh it's it's kind of trash so i'm not gonna watch more of it
0: so he was out speaking of not nearly related uh season three of the orvilles began filming again well, yes yeah. but it's the final season unfortunately because who oh. was only giving it one season well, um,
1: maybe somebody else will pick it up
3: maybe maybe well, no, they've already been marketing it, marketing it around, and so far no luck. But we will see. So, uh, any more notes on this issue of Avengers Annual,
0: though? <laughs> not, not really. I think we're ready to to grade it. Um, I mean, unless somebody else got something to say. Uh, no, it, my uh,
1: button, my keyboard is stuck, so I can't flip through the
2: pages now. No, there's no real, you know, even when the Fantastic Four come in and the storylines dovetail, it's still just
3: kind of you know. Eh. <laughs> so, Bill, you gave the synopsis. Why don't you go first on the rating? All
2: right, I will give the cover a. Um, uh, I'm I'm going to give the cover a B. Um, I mean it's it's good on its own. I mean it's it's an annual, so it's you know shows it's got a lot of action going on there. We've got a lot of guest stars. Um. <laughs> So I would come down with a B for the art. Uh, there's well, there's a lot of burn in here, but it's it's changed a little bit with with the with the finishes. But I still like it. Um, no major qualms. I mean, sometimes some in some shots figures do look way off from the John Byrne model, but that's okay. He didn't do all the work, so. Um, and the story, uh, oh, so for the art, I will give the art a, a B for Burn-ish. And um, the story, uh, yeah, it feels like we've come in the middle of a story, which we have, um, from the Avengers point of view. And, uh, yeah, we dove to hold the other one, but I don't really think it's really that good. I mean... I would only raise it up to a B from a C because of what happens to the scrolls for the immediate future in the comics and how this would change things. So um, I guess that means I will round it out at a B overall for myself. Next.
3: All right. uh, I'm going to jump in and then we'll allow our guest hosts to do their thing. Uh, I feel like the cover is a C. Uh, As we said, I don't think it's badly drawn, but I don't think it's something where you're going to look at this if you weren't otherwise buying these books and say, oh, I need to get this one because it looks great. So I'm going to just say it's passable, but it's not really doing what its purpose is, despite the fact that it's well rendered. Uh, The interior art, I actually, you know, it doesn't jump out at me and say burn, but just the same, I do really like it, so I'm going to say a solid B on the interior art, and the story. I don't know. It just it feels it feels more like gimmick and less like narrative. Um, it's it's reasonably well crafted, but it's just Like I said, I kind of feel like there's no beginning, middle, and end, and it doesn't really even feel like it's a continuation of something going on. So. I'm going to drop it down a little from for that, and I'm going to say a C C+. Overall, I'll give the book a B minus.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Tim, you want to go next, or you want me to go next? Uh, I'll go next.
1: All you're right. Co ready. Uh, I will give the cover. Uh, I'm gonna give the cover C plus because. It's not to to both Paul and Bill. It's not it's not horrible, but it's just not very dynamic. It's just not it's just kind of there. It does it functions as a cover. It, it might make me pick up the book, but if I was not an Avengers or an FF reader, I wouldn't necessarily pick this up off the rack and thumb through it to make me go, Oh yeah, I'll put that in my bag. Uh, I'm gonna give the inside art uh, a B minus because again it's it's burned but you see a little burn poking through there, but it's not enough to uh, distract me from what, what it is. I think uh, it's it's serviceable, and, and and I think the layouts are kind of dynamic. So you're going to get a, a B minus on the inside art. Uh, I'm going to give the story a C plus because it's not to I'm going to agree with Paul that it feels like you're kind of it, it tries to tie in too much with what was going on. So so it's, it, but not enough that it's a continuation, but it's not a strictly standalone because it does reference what just they just came off one mission and they kind of go right into this annual. So if it was more of a standalone story, I think it'd be stronger. So I think my overall is about a B minus. Okay. Um
0: Yeah, you know, I, I have you know, weird weird emotions on this one. I remember picking both of them up off the shelf. Uh, at this at the same time and the, the the thing that got me of course was the cover the cover did get my attention because it was the scrolls and i thought carrie Gamble did a good job of that so i'm going to give the cover uh, a strong b uh as far as the writing goes this is not stern's normal work is what i'd say you know it's like uh i'd, I'd have to give him a c you know it was a story i could read through but you know, the, the first time I read it, I read it cover to cover, but any time I've done a follow-up, it's been kind of, a, okay, let's scan this page and go on and go on. I didn't want to read everything that was going on. And you can tell, though, that the writing does change a little bit as you get towards the end. So I, I think Byrne definitely did um, script all the dialogue on the on the on uh, the pages that were pulled from the Fantastic Four as well. But uh, I'll go ahead and give the story a C, and then on the art, I'm just going to give it a strong B. I like uh, Kyle Baker's inks. I think the thing that really hurts his art more than anything is the coloring uh, by Christy Scheel. When you look at the coloring uh, in the Fantastic Four book, you're going to see a a difference, and it accentuates the art and makes the art look a little better uh, on some pages. So I think the coloring here really, really suffered. Like when they show Zabek on the screen the one time, he's like all yellow. And, uh, you know, they're not representing it very well. So there was some some coloring choices here that hurt the art. So I think a different colorist might have uh, made, it, made it all look even better. So You I, know I what, now again, that you I'm,
3: said that, Brian, I'm putting them side by side a little bit. and And I agree with you. The color in the... Avengers issue is much, much more bright and neony, y <laughs> mm-hmm. And I do agree with you that it, it doesn't play as well. So yep. I'm sorry to interrupt you.
0: No, 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 that's all right. So let's see, I want uh, B on the cover, C on the story, and B on the art. So that's going to be like a B-minus, kind of,
3: uh, overall. So we're all pretty much in the same ballpark here even though we had a couple of different opinions.
2: So still scanning through the rest of the year. Uh, one of the standouts for the year was that uh, John Byrne She-Hulk graphic novel came out mm-hmm. uh, in 1985. So I was like, ooh. But as for annuals, they were pretty blasé. Nothing really. There was a ROM, like the ROM's final annual uh, you know, there was, a, there was a Thor one I saw, but uh, even that one, I'm just like, I don't really remember any of these other annuals for any major, you know, like, ooh, that was this annual. Ooh, that was I guess the that's big that's crossovers
1: cool. started later with the Atlantic.
2: Yeah, Yikes I think so.
0: But I, I horror, think if you, if you look at those other annuals, the West Coast Avengers and this, they all seem to be like, you know, drawer stories, something that they pulled out Mm-hmm. and said okay we can put this in an annual we don't have to do anything else um because i think all the all the effort across the, the company was, Secret was wars. Secret wars too
2: yeah
0: because that was burnt that uh that was shooter's baby
2: well plus rom was finishing up rom finished out in 1985 it's uh last issue i think was 75 maybe i can't remember how many issues
0: yeah, but if if you like uh if you like even a little bit the inks that Kyle Baker did here, you should check out the New Mutants uh, issues that were coming around, coming out around this time, uh, leading up to and following the uh, Secret Wars two. Is
1: that him inking mm. Brent, Brent, uh Blevins? Uh, no,
0: Guice. Guice. Mm. And like, there's uh there's the issue where Magneto takes over as headmaster of the school, and gets into a fight with the Avengers. Uh, but the students were actually, uh, the, you know, with the Hellions at that point. Oh, uh, that's, yeah. Again, some really good stuff there, um, you know, the, the the things that I liked in there. I'm, I was not a big fan of Magneto trying to become a hero, but um, I did like the, the turns that they had in that. That was some good writing back then. Claremont. That's just an opinion. I could be wrong. Times never
3: wrong. Anyway, that'll do it for our Back to the Bins installment of this crossover. Uh, I, we still don't know 100% exactly what days the two episodes are going to uh, intersect. intersect, but just seek out Third Degree Burn if you don't already subscribe to it, and if you don't already subscribe to it, shame on you. Uh, but seek it out and you will get the second part of this crossover. But much like this crossover, they're not a continuing story so much as two standalone stories that intersect. So And they
1: complement each other, but I don't think you have to listen to
3: one or read one. Oh no, you do have to listen to both. <laughs> and maybe Don't ever just, tell them they don't have to listen.
2: <laughs> and maybe, just maybe, kids, if you're good and the website works, you'll hear them together eventually or not
3: (laughs) words to live by see you all next week or in a couple of days
2: thank you so much for listening to our show and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness you can contact back to the bins to leave feedback, comments, questions suggestions and criticisms via email
0: at bins at com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True
2: Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Monzo Corp of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks. And we'll see you next week. Darn, that's the end.